edition of the Off the Cuff Podcast, featuring the underpaid producer and Mike the Cop, minus Dave, minus Dave, who really, let's be honest, adds nothing to the show anyway. Yeah, it's so, true. It's kind of like finally being free of that ankle weight so that we can run as fast as God made us to, I think. It's true, yep. <laughs> He's always just been dragging us down. It's like we've just had a weight. I know. I didn't <laughs> want to say anything. Holding us at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, I know. Drowning. It's been, it's been bad. It's been real bad. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the Off the Cuff Show, guys. If this is your first time stumbling into this for whatever reason, you saw a title of a show or caught your interest, uh, I don't know how, but it did, and you stumbled into this, this is the Off the Cuff edition of the Failure to Stop podcast where we go out and pull law enforcement-related news off the internet, and we react to it off the cuff, share it with you, and just give our hot take uh, on in the moment. And that's normally myself and Dave, both retired cops, or former cops. He's retired. I'm just former. I just quit. And then uh, the underpaid producer uh, joins us as well. So he's filling in today. The UPP is filling in for Dave, and we'll uh, we'll get his hot takes on everything so it'll be it'll be a good show uh we are part of a larger family of podcasts called failure to stop uh if you want to explore more of that you can because every friday at 11 a.m we go live on youtube and the audio comes out after for breakdowns of police related incidents uh past and present mondays is when we release off the cuff obviously you're listening to that uh tuesday nights at 8 p.m live on YouTube. Also, they do uh, true crime. Eric and Andrea do. Eric Tanzi and Andrea. <laughs> I say Andrea, but it's Andrea up late. Andrea. Uh, she is uh, the true crime queen and will bring another story every Tuesday night. Audio hits on Wednesdays. And then Thursdays, we have Last Call with Eric Tanzi. He gives you all the pop culture news and interviews and topics to make you sound like a normal person on the weekends so you don't have to talk about dead babies and domestics. So, four shows a week on the Failure to Stop podcast family. So uh, we hope that you are entertained and engaged, and we are here to deliver that for you. So thanks for listening. We appreciate it. If you want to support what we're doing, you can do so by uh, a number of ways. First is to share the podcast, tell somebody about it, share it up on social media, engage in social media. You can especially hit the plus button on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to follow so that it's automatically downloaded to your device when we release a new episode so you never miss it. And then you can uh, subscribe and like the YouTube channel. You can even become a member of the YouTube channel if you wanted. And then all four shows are live streamed uh, to you as a benefit. And then we have the Discord and all that stuff, members-only perks. So, yeah, grab that. You can also grab merch at failuretostop.com. And you can support anybody that supports our show, our sponsors, which in this case is Ghost Bed, baby. Ghost Bed. Ghost Bed. Both myself and the UPP. This is not just a... Oh, my like, gosh. What? We just got back from vacation. Oh, yeah, it's true. And my back, the entire time, was killing <laughs> me. Every morning, I told Brooke, I was like, I just want to be back on our bed. Yeah. And I slept for 10 hours last night. Yeah, the Ghost hours, Bed, man. It's, just straight. It was awesome. It's always it's always scary to go out of town. Not as not as sleep so good it's scary on a ghost bed. Well, sleep so bad it's scary when you're not on one because 
that's yeah. the fear when you go out of town, right? And you're like, in our case, we stayed at an Airbnb, which was awesome. Like the place oh, was great, great Airbnb. you know, but, uh, the, bed, the mattress wasn't horrible compared yeah, to my they, old, they mattress. weren't like some pieces of garbage or something like that, but it's still when you compare, you to have stayed on something as good, <laughs> as good as a ghost bed. And then you lay on something else. You're like, Oh my gosh, our bed felt like it was like sleeping on a, a sandbag or something. I don't know. It was, it was firm. It wasn't crazy bad, but, uh, their pillows were nice though, whatever they were like that, that kept me alive, uh, <laughs> is, is the pillows It allowed me to stay in a, like, a decent position and not like shred my body from a terrible mattress. But anyway, uh, I don't want to belabor the point about mattresses. The bottom line is that both myself and the UPP, we actually bought ghost beds and yes, we used our own code Wolfpack to buy our ghost beds and save money. Yep. We, we were not given ghost beds. So they didn't like, even though they sponsor the show, they didn't just give us ghost beds and then hope that because we got it for free, we said something we paid, like we paid what you would pay for a ghost mm-hmm. bed and we do not regret it. And that's a, a great, gen- that, that is a genuine, like I would love ghost bed and I would tell people to get a ghost bed. Doesn't matter whether they sponsor the show or not. In fact, they didn't sponsor the show for a while after we left the network, you know, we finally worked that out, but, um, I still, we still talked about Ghostbed, still promoted Ghostbed. I still talk positively about it. But anyway, use the code Wolfpack and save on the Ghostbed stuff. Get one if you are in the market for a mattress or pillows or supplies, whatever <laughs> that go along with it. Anything you see on Ghostbed.com, tell them failure to stop sent you the Wolfpack. So cool. All right, that's uh, that's the housekeeping. We did that pretty quickly. Yeah, it's that wasn't good. bad. I feel like this podcast will be a bit shorter than normal because uh, Dave's not dragging us down. <laughs> right? Yeah, we're we're gonna be more efficient. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked uh, Sarah in the chat, uh, "Where did you go?" We we've been going up to Traverse City area since like 2004, so mm-hmm. a lot of years. And so we yeah we're up in that area when we go on vacation, try to find a house, which is not easy. Uh, but we we did find a house that fit us all because we've got uh, a lot of us. Me and Mrs. Mike the cop, uh, four kids, all with a significant. There's nine of us, and all two with kids, a significant so other. Well, uh, my dad and two of us and two grandkids. <laughs> so, so it's a it's got to be a big house to fit us all. And we ha- we found one, and it was awesome. Uh, it's a great place. And Lots of us piled in the basement. Yeah, we went on a charter fishing trip. Which was uh, interesting because all we really did was reel. It wasn't like it wasn't fi- it was it was the most like non fishing yeah. fishing yeah. trip I'd ever gone on. That was so much fun. I caught a but, giant fish, dude. The I, I I grilled up the salmon and Elijah fried up the uh, the trout, and that was Man. that was uh, the the meat on thursday night and it was good that salmon dude was uh, it was a king salmon it was so good and holy crap i grilled it up oh my gosh it was so good yeah, yeah. fresh caught so yeah that was fun that was our uh that was our week but we're back and um i'm gonna i'm gonna kick us off here and i have a photo <laughs> um oh yeah right there that go- <laughs> that goes with the story <laughs> The uh, this is from the Daily Journal archives. <laughs> it's the San Mateo County Sheriff's Office Indiana raid raises questions. Well, why? 
A raid of an Indiana specialty car shop by San Mateo County Sheriff's Office deputies in facing scrut- is facing scrutiny over allegations Sheriff Carlos Bolanos did so as a favor to a friend. The issue stems from an alleged payment dispute between Mark Rockop, the owner of Fiberglass Freaks, which makes classic 1966 Batmobile cars, and Bay Area real estate broker Sam Agnosto, who ordered one in 2017. According to Rackop, a missed 2019 payment from Agnosto and a lack of contact over nine months about the payment bumped Agnosto to the end of the line for a car. The subsequent disagreement over the delivery timeline and contract details spilled over into 2020 and led Agnosto filing a police report with the Atherton Police Department and civil suit in San Mateo County Superior Court on August 24, 2021. After review, the DA's offices in September decided against filing charges based on the police report while a judge dismissed the Superior Court case Friday, or in February. What the heck? Re- Rackop thought that legal issues were dealt with until things took a turn in, in July of 19. Oh my Good gosh. gosh. July 19th. This uh, Dude, it's written really weird. When four deputies with the sheriff's office raided Rackop shop in Logansport, Indiana, nearly 2,300 miles away from San Mateo County, after being summoned to his business after lunch with his family by local police before the raid, deputies entered Rackop shop and detained him. The deputies took information files for Anagnosto and another customer, brought Rackop to jail but didn't book him and froze his bank account. A Cass County, Indiana warrant delivered to Rackop showed the deputies were authorized to seize the Batmobile in question and parts associated with it, along with documentation. What? According to ABC7 News report, Anagnosto allegedly asked his Facebook friend, Bolanos, to intervene. It was absolutely nuts. They wouldn't listen to a word I said. Wow, this is weird. What happened? I'm so lost, dude. I know. The, what a ter- the article is what written. What a terribly weird. written article. <laughs> what a terribly written article. I'm I like thought this was going to be <laughs> awesome because there was just a dude in a Batmobile. I was uh, trying to keep up. I, I thought I thought the cops did the raid in a Batmobile. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought no. that was the controversy. It turns out it's way more dumb than that. So the the whole gist of this is normally that would be a civil matter, right? Like, so we get called as cops a lot to things that people call the cops for that are dumb. And have nothing to do with the violation of criminal law. So in the case of a Batmobile payment being missed and nine months (laughs) of bad communication, (laughs) you don't like you don't call the cops. As a cop, if you got that call, it was like, so listen, I bought this Batmobile. First of all, I'd be like, wait a second, you bought a what? A Batmobile? Yeah, you know, like it's pretty awesome. I'm like Dude, that's freaking awesome. What? Where did you buy a Batmobile? <laughs> I would be more interested in the Batmobile than the story that they were about to tell me. And then they would say, so this guy is, isn't finishing my Batmobile because he says that I missed a payment. But I didn't miss a payment. He didn't show me this uh, proof that the glass had been done. Uh, you know what I'm saying? And it just starts from there. And it's a he said, she said. And universally, cops all know that as a civil matter. And we wash our hands of it and say, contact a lawyer, dude. Like, I, there's nothing we yeah. can do. Like, we are not the Batmobile what do they? What do they think cops are going to do about that? Like, when they call or go and file, like, a report? They they think that, that uh, cops can intervene. It's the same thing with that McDonald's guy we did before. Like, oh, they, they wouldn't give me a receipt and my, my refund. Yeah, but that's not a crime. 
right? Like that's yeah, that's a civil matter. Like there is a dispute over services provided, and cops don't settle disputes over services. Like that's not it's not a criminal law. There's no statute. They arrest people. They arrest who violate people. The law. Uh, they enforce criminal law, not not civil law, yeah. not civil disputes. And so that's seems to me what this is. So the 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 deal is that the guy that owed the money supposedly contacted a friend of his who is a sheriff who pulled some strings to get this raid done to get the Batmobile and whatever. Like, it's pretty sounds, cool, though. Sounds pretty extreme to be detained and taken to the police department and to have all those assets frozen like that. That seems like pretty extreme for a law enforcement action on a civil matter. So I don't know if there's more to it. Hey, man, or a Batmobile was involved. <laughs> the Bourbonator says, da na 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 civil matter. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, but there was a photo of a Batmobile for you. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, the Batmobile was the only cool part of that story. <laughs> I, sorry, guys. I really assumed that was going to be way better than it was. But whoever wrote that, oh my goodness, yeah, it was like it was like a doctoral level thesis paper that I couldn't oh keep up gosh. with. Gosh. Okay, I've got three interesting stories today. Hopefully, we don't have any overlap. Uh, I um, stayed away from Police Tribune. For that very reason. Oh, okay. So I, I picked okay, some cool. other stories. I like Police Tribune because it's just easy to find good articles. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Portland Freedom Fund bailed out repeat domestic abuser one week before he murdered his children's mother. Oh, I have that one. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I got it from a different story. <laughs> wait, maybe. Wait, is this a different? Was he in Wisconsin? I, I mean, it says Portland, Oregon. Oh, what is it? Well, we have a very similar story. Tell me tell me your story here. We may have a very similar An ones. anti-police organization that posts bail for black, brown, and indigenous folks uh-huh. bailed a domestic violence suspect out of jails just days before he allegedly strangled the mother of his oh, children man. to death. Mohammed Osman Adan was initially arrested on August 10th after a warrant was issued alleging he had cut off his GPS monitoring device and entered the home of his children's mother. Yeah, so this was in Oregon. Yeah, no, it's At a different time story. of the incident, Aiden, Adon, not Aiden, 33, was facing charges of attempted assault and strangulation, as well as violations of a family abuse protected restraining order and a no contact order. So, yeah, basically, in the petition, in her petition for the restraining order, he punched her in the head while she was sleeping and put a gun against her head, too. Before, when I told him I was leaving, he told me that he would kill me. So that's how she got that. Uh, yeah, no, he's got a bunch of, like, just a bunch of history of firearms, history of strangulation, violating court order. Yeah, Whoa, like- the following day, Portland Freedom Fund President Amanda Trujillo, Trujillo put up the required 10% of his $20,000 bail. So Don could get out of jail. Only $20,000 with a violent history like that? Oh my gosh, dude. So a 911 call came from the phone associated associated with Abraham, uh, whoever that is. Maybe they meant to say it, Don. Uh, Called the police minutes later. She heard screaming, and that's when she saw Don pushing a woman up against an open second-story window. 
So, yeah. Uh, basically, he killed the chick. Um, wait. Uh, oh, Abraham's a wife's name. What? According to court documents, investigators located Abraham's body beneath a sheet in one of her children's bedrooms on the second floor of her home. Police said the carpet beneath and around was soaked in blood. Abraham suffered cuts to her hands, bruises on her arms and neck, and had a large vertical slash across her entire face. Jeez. The medical examiners concluded Abraham was strangled to death. He was ordered to be held without bail. Yeah. Oh, now wow. he's going to be held without bail. Yeah, now. Now. Yeah, what do you think uh, people are wondering, like, who's re- who's responsible? Is it the judge that set the bail? Is it the, the Freedom Fund for bailing him out? Or is it only his fault? Is there is there a mix? What are, what are your thoughts on how, it's gotta how, do you, be, how do you assign responsibility here? It's got to be a mix. I mean, obviously the dude, if he has a history of repeat crimes, he shouldn't have been offered bail at all, in my opinion. But, like, what made the, whatever this Freedom Fund thing, decide to post the bail for this guy? Well, because the whole concept here is that bail is racist. It doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, but... He, he yeah, beat his wife. You must be racist. The bail is racist. And he had he had to beat his wife because of racism. Silamander, there was blood because he slashed and beat her, but then killed her by strangling her to death. Yeah, strangulation was the ultimate cause. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, uh, but that's that's how it goes. Bail is racist. That's the that's part of the the leftist agenda, the woke agenda, is blaming everything on racism. And I'm not kidding. When I saw um I saw a clip of a lady giving a speech, African-American lady, giving a speech to other African-American women. It's like conversational style about why diets don't work on black women because the diets are racist. Basic, be, or because of racism. What? Because, because racism has changed their metabolism. And so they can't, the diets don't work for them because they're under too much stress from racism. Just eat healthy. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. They eat healthy <laughs> and then they still can't lose weight because of racism has changed their metabolism. So literally everything now, I mean, there was some lady that got an award recently that lives in a $26 million house, a uh, black lady talking about how we need to change the laws that are oppressing people in this country. Like as she receives an award for her work and lives in a multi-million dollar home. Like this is, it's getting out she's of control. She's obviously doing pretty well. Yeah, it's it's nuts. And this, considering she's like a hundred times wealthier than I am. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> so the bottom line is these the, the bail situation is this idea that you shouldn't set bail because people can't afford it. And so they can't get out of jail uh, they're supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. Therefore, they shouldn't be held based on a monetary. Uh, you shouldn't make innocent people pay money to not be incarcerated. Mm-hmm. And the the driving idea behind that is that is that is one of the tools in which 
the systemic racism of the criminal justice system continues to oppress particular people groups through bail um, and keep them incarcerated. Wow. So that's that's the, the idea behind a, this fund. I, won- I wonder like what ethnicity the wife was. I have no idea. Because if she had a restraining order, like, does that ju- you're just right. negating people right. of color's voices at that point. You're doing the opposite of what you said. <laughs> well, that's that's just it. The woke agenda <laughs> is is literally incapable of being consistent with itself. It is it is rife with hypocrisy. And it's not that it's not that just because you're a conservative, you are immune from hypocrisy. That is not true at all. I'm just saying that the promise of wokeism is freedom and liberation of all people equally. Um, this I well. <laughs> They use the term equity, not equality. Equity is very different than equality mm-hmm. Equality, because equity is what they want, the same outcome, not the equality is the same oh, opportunity. There's this uh, great clip with Jordan Peterson. I, I think it's Jordan Peterson where he basically gets this woman to admit or somebody does. It might not be Jordan Peterson, but it just feels like it was where he gets this woman to admit that she wants... Um, equality of outcome not circumstance and uh it was just really funny because they didn't even know how to respond like they just stopped like the because it's like you sound insane yeah that's nuts this is that's such an interesting topic i could go on a lot because i've been i've been thinking about this a lot actually is i was literally just writing a post on mike the cop about um the frustration sometimes that we think that we experience because facts, we want to just drop facts on the table and think that that's going to change people's minds. But facts, facts do not change people's minds. They just, they don't right? like only on a level that we're not emotionally connected to. So like if I said, Oh man, this McDonald's over here is, is doing six piece meals for uh, six piece nugget meals for a dollar. And you'd be like, no, they're not. Uh-huh. And you'd be like, they have a dollar menu, but you don't get a whole meal. You only get the six-piece nugget. And dollar like, menu doesn't exist. Well, you know, know what I'm saying. Uh, uh, it's a bad <laughs> example. It tells you how often I go to McDonald's. I don't even know. Uh, um, but if we were disputing about the price of a food item, let's just say that. Yeah. It's simple. Then the facts can change. Facts can change your mind because it's as simple as just driving to McDonald's. We look at the menu. And yeah, you're, seeing it. you're right. I'm wrong. You're right. It's easy to say, okay you're right, I'm wrong, or, yep, I'm right, you're wrong about facts that aren't, we're not emotionally connected to, but the the more significant, the weighty things of life, uh, our, ident- our very identities and, and history as a people have a lot of weight to them. And so what really is at work is not the facts, because we all have access to the same facts. The, the, the realities are something we're all experiencing. But the way that we interpret them is always facts. Facts are voiceless. We give them a voice by the way that we take them and interpret them and put them to work that in the way that we integrate them into our worldview. So people have a particular way of seeing the world and a particular set of assumptions. And the wrong assumption is that we can all be unbiased. Everyone comes to an argument. Everyone comes to the table with bias bias uh, presuppositions right and we have to address 
the nature of the presupposition and hold people accountable to their presuppositions, that's what allows them to basically have a paradigm shift. And you you hit the nail on the head when you said, well, what's the race of the victim? Because if she if she too is a person of color and the, the idea of the fund is that they're helping free people from racism and oppression and, and unnecessary violence against people of color and you ignore this voice, right? So yeah. why do you support the this bail fund well because because of their biases exactly so just just saying the facts don't doesn't help you have to you have to experience something in a way that confronts your own presuppositions and that's why like things what i was going to be writing on mike the cop is that's why you can tell people like um most cops don't kill people most cops don't ever shoot their gun most cops don't uh, that cops do not target. There is no objective data that supports that cops unfairly target people of any color. Um, we can say those things as facts. Every The facts are all easily confirmable and available within 30 minutes of doing any cursory research on Google. Um, so they're all there. But what made like HTB work and be effective is when you can be in a room with people who you could say those facts all day long, that's not going to change their mind. But when you step onto uh, a dodgeball court, you know, or a basketball Mm -hmm. court or a room or um, a meal with people, now you're challenging the presuppositions that these people are monsters, right? (laughs) Right. Like, so now, now that confronts your, your internal presuppositions, the way that you see the world, that is what has to be challenged. Because, yeah, facts don't care about your feelings, but we're not emotionless beings. Yeah. So that's exactly. a huge way to to think about how to how to actually have an impact. Just And that's why people get frustrated on social media with arguing is because they're like, I can't believe it. Like, listen, here's the facts. Yeah, but people don't people don't care. The facts might not care about their feelings, but people sure do. <laughs> so you're not going to win people over by just putting facts out there and think yep. that's good enough. It's not good enough to persuade people. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. And it's the same even the same thing with me, you know. It wasn't until I sat down with people of um the like black community um and talked with them during the HTB stuff that I could really understand their perspective on the situation where we actually just sat down and hung out rather than just spewing different statistics at each other, you know, how that goes. So, yeah. And the solution isn't to ignore the truth. The solution is to present the truth in a way that actually stands a chance yes. of uh, of being listened to. You can have all the truth that you want, but bashing people in the head with it um, isn't going to likely help change them. Now, once your worldview gets shaken up, once your paradigm begins to shift, now you can start to assimilate facts and reorder them in a way that is consistent with your worldview. Um, Yeah. And so there's a lot of possible discussion off that, but... For now, we'll we'll leave that there. But I think that's a really valid point: is to say, well, what about the voice of the victim? Like, you want to give you want to you want to give a voice to to the offenders, but what about the voices of the victims? And I think that that's that extends to a lot of different issues. It is super wise. 
Lots of people are talking about my wall behind me. <laughs> they are. The, I have Michael Scott back there. Um, then that is Goodwill Hunting. And then I have a Breaking Bad poster as well in my office. So my my major inspirations for video and all that stuff. <laughs> the all wall right. is black, by the way. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going I to, had, to address it. I'm going to piggyback off. I have a similar a similar case, but uh, you said it was in Wisconsin. Yeah, it's in Milwaukee. Milwaukee man murders ex girlfriend goes on crime spree days after judge allows him released following guilty plea in child sexual assault case. He remains, Ernest Blakeney remains a fugitive following the deadly crime spree. A fugitive in Wisconsin who is charged with killing his ex-girlfriend last week was free on bail while awaiting his sentence after pleading guilty to sexually assaulting a 13-year-old girl. What? The judge in the sex assault case denied the prosecutor's request to hold him in jail until his sentencing according to reports. So then, uh, Ernest, age 47, killed his girlfriend, Nakia Rogers, 36, and set his Milwaukee home on fire, among other crimes that occurred afterward on August 25th. Uh, The Milwaukee police and fire departments responded to the residents shortly before 4.30 a.m. regarding a house fire and discovered a victim inside, and the deceased was later found to be his ex-girlfriend. Rogers didn't perish from the blaze. The autopsy revealed she died from gunshot wounds to her back and head. The death was result uh, ruled a homicide. So the whole point of this is, in case you guys don't understand um, how how it works, is you get arrested for a crime, uh, you are held until you see a judge. Um, depending on the the nature of the crime, if it's a felony, you have you have to see a judge before you are released, right? That's there's just no doubt about it. So if if you go to a local jail for a felony. You don't get out until you see the judge the next morning or that day it, or whatever, the next day. You you are not getting out on bail until you see the judge if it's a felony. If it's a misdemeanor, your local jurisdiction will have a bond, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, $500, whatever that cash bail is amount, you can get out and then you get a court date to come back if it's a misdemeanor. So he has. that's not what this is about. This is about he was already arrested charged and convicted of sexually assaulting a 13-year-old girl. This is a 47-year-old man who sexually assaulted a 13-year-old girl. And the judge gave him bail to be out and free after he was already convicted, but before his sentencing. Usually sentencing doesn't take place right away at the conviction. There is a period of time where now the judge who is going to sentence them reviews all the information and then sets a sentencing date. And then he's brought back into the courtroom and sentenced by the judge. They have, why don't they just do like a freaking halfway point kind of thing? What do you mean? Like, if they're going to just send them home, why, like, why even do that? I don't, it's like, not, why, it's, Normally, in any type of case like that, that they would be remanded into custody immediately. There, there is usually not an option for bail to be like out walking around if you're a violent offender, especially if you have 
sexually <laughs> assaulted a child. Like, and basically you're allowed, now you're being given carte blanche to go out and live your life until Man. you come back for sentencing. And he chose to live his life by killing his girlfriend and setting his house on fire to cover it up. And so, yeah, what, what we're seeing is this idea that being nice to criminals, like this is a flawed idea, that being nice to criminals changes their behavior <laughs> is going to make them stop killing people. Like that, that this it's it, it is a flawed idea, right? The idea that if we are softer on atrocious crimes, that people will commit less atrocious crimes. That notion is completely asinine. It is it's the punishment it is demonstrably from doing things ridiculous, right? Like it is the antithesis to the reason we have punishment. <laughs> like it's it's the opposite. And this isn't just like a new theory. Guys, this is based on thousands of years of recorded human history, right? Like this isn't just a yeah. new it's not like maybe we should try lighter sentencing. No, 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 no. Like we we, society, hu human interaction has been around long enough that we understand that being light on serious offenders doesn't decrease crime. That's that's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. And we see this stuff happening. Obviously, it's not just isolated incidents, but it's it's out there. It's happening. We we independently came into two of these stories the same week, like different places, Crazy, different man. circumstances, and uh, yeah, and and it is. If you look every day, you can find a new story of one of these things: an illegal immigrant who is allowed to stay, um, someone who is given freedom because of bail, quote unquote, bail reform. Or mm -hmm. um, a flawed philosophy driving decisions from the bench uh, about crime. Every day you can find a story, a new story, and I know because I look right. So like you can find a new story every day about crimes committed by people who should have been incarcerated uh, because of bail or because of an illegal status or whatever else. Like it's it's so common sense, but again, this is where our philosophy drives us, not facts. <laughs> yeah. Man. Gosh, dude, I can't believe that. And I can't believe we had such similar stories uh, in the same <laughs> I can, week. I can believe it. I can believe it. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> oh, uh, real quick, little comedic relief. Here is, this was on Dispatcher John's Instagram account. This is not a story. This is just literally a cartoonized dispatch call <laughs> out of Knox County, I think Tennessee probably, but... Uh, you can judge for yourselves. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play that. Hopefully, I, it's in the video clips. So I just hit. Do I just? Knox County Police Department. You was the one that come up here and brought my son in a squat car. I talking some mess about how he took his go kart on the highway and didn't have no helmet on. And I'm gonna tell you something. I'm about red iced over it. Sir, I'm not familiar with the incident. I'm just the dispatcher. Some deputy looked like his balls ain't dropped. Said Ernie Michael didn't have no helmet. I said I told him to. I said, son, these people laid down their lives in this country so you wouldn't have to wear no helmet. Well, if he's on the interstate in a go-kart, we will pull him over. Good luck. He don't stop for no one. 
And his Honda run like a scouted dog. Best thing for you to do right now is get off his phone and sober up. This line's being recorded. I tell you what, you are lucky I've been drinking. A being sober loosens my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, dude. Yeah, oh, I just awesome. I saw that this morning, uh, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta play that audio on the uh, <laughs> on the podcast." Is that even is that real? Yeah, yeah, it's a real nine one one call. Somebody just cartoonized it. Like that'd be a great. What a great. That's uh, so funny. That's a great social media idea. Is just just to take funny nine one one calls and put them to cartoons like that, and then just post the reels. Like, dude, so funny. Like that's better than our Mike the Cop idea. Which is which? What's that? What's our Mike the Cop idea? <laughs> Just Mike the Cop. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What a failed, what a failed adventure that was. All right, all right. What's your next story? This one's kind of funny. I mean, it, it it's kind of interesting. But Fulton County DA says she won't stop using rap lyrics in criminal prosecutions. <laughs> I saw that headline. I didn't read. I didn't even look at it. What Fulton County District Attorney Fanny Willis said she has every intention of continuing to utilize rap lyrics to prosecute musical artists who incorporate their criminal exploits into their songs. She says, I think if you decide to admit your crimes over a beat, I'm going to use it. (laughs) Nice. I'm going to continue to do that, and people can continue to be angry about it. Nice. Well, that's a change. The new DA down there, because the previous Fulton County DA was super, super corrupt. So yeah, I'll, I'll take I'll take someone going to the other extreme for a little while. <laughs> Willis's office is currently prosecuting alleged members of the drug rich gang, a violent street gang that has been accused of carrying out a string of home invasions, targeting various social media influencers and celebrities. Uh, she says, I have some legal advice. Don't confess to crimes on rap lyrics if you don't want them used or at least get out of my county. Wow. <laughs> I'm not targeting anyone. But you do not get to commit crimes in my county and then decide to brag on it, which you do as a form of intimidation and not be held responsible. It seems like that's going to be easy to beat, though, to say, like, hey, this is artistic expression. They're not con- yeah. confessing to anything. I like the spirit. I like the spirit of it. I don't think it'll get very far. I don't think it's going to be – I think it's going to be hard to hold up legally using song lyrics as potential – Confessions. Well, she says, as you know, currently in Georgia, multiple artists belong to Young Stoner Life Records, including celebrated artists like Young Thug and Gunna, of whatever that is, are facing more than 50 allegations, including RICO charges, which claim the record label is a criminal gang. The allegations heavily rely on artists' lyrics that prosecutors claim are overt evidence of conspiracy. <laughs> they allege that black creativity and artistry is being criminalized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah well, no, when your I artistry mean, is bragging about criminal activity, killing is it, people, is it artistry? Robbing people. <laughs> yeah. No one is weaponizing black music, as several industry executives have claimed. There is a clear distinction between an artist, black or white, expressing themselves and a prosecutor being able to show a jury the direct link between an artist's lyrics and their criminal acts or overt acts done in furtherance of criminal acts. I would certainly, certainly say you could use the song to 
if if they're if if they say that they did something in a song and you can go find evidence yes, that actually I think that's, backs I it think up, that's what they're doing. Then that is something I would support. Like then you could introduce this evidence, like, hey, they even sung about it. Like this is what drew my attention to look into them. Is there any evidence that they actually did what they said that they did in this song? And if there is, then great. What a great way to find a way to connect people to crimes. But We'll see. We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, kind of interesting that, though. See that getting shut down. I thought it was pretty funny, but it, I feel like what it said, like using it to show conspiracy, that's the biggest thing. Like if they can link them to other crimes, and then they're singing about it in their songs, and then those same crimes keep happening, then it makes sense. But just to be like, hey, you said this, you're arrested, right? You know, doesn't doesn't add up for me. Yeah, not not to arrest them for sure. To investigate, yeah, maybe. Sure. Not to arrest them, that's for sure. All right, here's another uh, lighter-hearted thing out of Berea, Ohio. <laughs> While you may wonder how anyone could get caught upside down in an exercise machine, the more appropriate oh, question is why anyone would post it on TikTok. An Ohio influencer captured this strange moment. She was trapped upside down in exercise equipment and had to be extricated extricated by police that's that is a bad use of words you'll see footage of her fitness fiasco currently boasts millions of views on tiktok let's uh let's take a look here at this video and oh dear lord my ankles are burning are you uh are you rescuing me just the easiest easiest rescue ever there you go <laughs> what even? Why didn't she, she just turn? She got stuck upside down. She got stuck upside she down. Had no on the, upper body. The strength? inversion machine. I you I don't know. Pull she yourself seemed, up. She seemed to be. Uh, I don't know. Talking fine. She didn't lose consciousness or anything. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Christine Folds told a dispatcher which occurred at 3 a.m. while working out at the 24-hour powerhouse gym in Berea. She was reportedly filming herself using the the inversion table. She said she had set up her phone to record a video of me on the inversion table and just saying how much I love it for my low back, especially when I'm going to the gym at 3 a.m. My back is really stiff and I don't want to wake up. However, as the New York Post revealed, nothing went as planned. Then (laughs) then Then it just caught the whole thing and kept recording, she said to her at the ready phone. That's so sad. In one of the clips, Folds can be seen flailing helplessly after realizing she was trapped. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So there's more videos than, than that one. There's one like before showed. before the cops showed up um, with her trying to... Uh, she seems to be... I'm watching the video. So she seems to be much more focused on pulling her shirt down than she is trying to get up. But, oh, yeah. Oh, no. She's definitely trying to get to get up. it won't it won't be much good for the the videos but if you look yeah. up the c if you want to see these videos uh, it's on instagram c fold c f a u l d s 20 and you can watch the whole escapade but dude those like, that's the kind of things are scary man i hate them I hate they them. don't even help me they just hurt my head there was a, a local pd uh to us and i was i went in there to film a video actually but were you there did you help film the that fitness one? mic thing? Yeah, with, with uh, Square One, like yeah. we were like, uh-huh. yeah. And there was an inversion table in there, and I, dude, I hate those things. They they instantly make my head feel like they're gonna, it's gonna 
explode. I just hate it. Yeah. Like I was like, man, this this sounds like it'd be great for my low back, right? Like relief tension. But no, it just makes you feel like you're going to blow up. I hate it. They mm-hmm. do not like them at all. But nevertheless. So yeah, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that cops get called for at 3 a.m. in Berea. Dude, <laughs> the, that's so funny. The, can you imagine? Like, trying Was to- nobody else at the gym? Dude, it's a great question. Like some of these 24-hour facilities they give their members like access, right? Like it's open, but it's not staffed. Like you're just like, basically like, it's like the hotels that like swim at your own risk. There's no lifeguard on duty. Oh, it's like, Hey, yeah. I mean, you can come in and use the facility. Uh, but I, I don't, but powerhouse seems like they would have a, an employee, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I, I have no idea. <laughs> how did the cops get called? I know. I don't know how they got, I'm like, I don't know if she said, Hey Siri, Call nine one one. I don't know if she has a phone just for filming and then has another. It could have been it. Somebody could have seen the cameras or something. No, she called nine one one. I don't. I don't know. She did. Oh, Apple Watch probably. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, could be. Could be. I have no idea. I would imagine you can still call nine one one while your camera's recording. But this is a hill I'm going to die on. Record the whole thing. Hill I'm willing to die on. Apple watches are stupid. And have been the most useless Apple product ever invented. I like mine. I stand by it. I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> well, I like mine. I have so to it, close my fitness rings. I don't do. I don't use that the alone. Fitness is, rings. That alone is a reason. I don't use to that. Stay away from them. Just because there's people who use it to monitor fitness <laughs> makes me so angry. Just work out and type what workouts you're doing down in your notes. <laughs> just do like well i i need to get my steps in for today and my average bpm i guarantee you it is not reading your bpm correctly at all a- mm stands by android well, i should just kick you out of the chat right now terrible <laughs> i don't know i wish if no i mean android phones are fine i guess if people use them i just hate the green bubble it, it ruins everything it ruins group chats like consistently when I try to like do group text it's, with people, well, Apple, it'll come back to only one person. You know, Apple does that on purpose, right? I'm sure that they do. Yeah, no, no, they do. And it's funny, App, uh, Android released like a meme basically calling out Apple for the um, blue versus green messages. Well, the blue messages, the blue messages, it, they exactly. do it for a good reason. It's exactly. when when it's iMessage capable, and the other one is green when it's not. <laughs> it's and like because I'll send you can send a text that's not yeah. iMessage to an Apple user, and it'll be green. So it's not just an Android thing. It's I know, but it, they tried calling out Apple, and everybody was like in the tech community was laughing because it's like, what is the one thing that keeps Apple very separate? and gives them a huge competitive edge over Android, why would they get rid of that? It was just pretty funny. Yeah. Everyone talks about, oh, you can customize an Android. Dude, stop it. Well, you're yeah. not customizing your Android. What do you? Some people do. Like, you change Some your skins people, and you think, oh, I customized it. This is so you, much better than Apple. If you no, work in like... An idiot. If you, you work in like your, You change your phone's clothes. That's about it. Maybe. But at that point, like, what are you doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Exactly. What are you doing? But I don't. Anyways, know. anyway, that's a that's a side note. This uh, is my last story. 
I can see what it's going to be. I've seen this video. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, pretty interesting. I just thought it was, in, I wanted to get your opinion on it and people's opinion on it in the chat. Uh, father shoots daughter's ex-boyfriend breaking into home. And this happened in Sydney, Ohio. Uh, security footage captured the moment when an Ohio father fatally shot his daughter's ex-boyfriend as the 22-year-old man, which is basically my age, broke into the family's home in July. The incident occurred at approximately 11.05 a.m. on July 31st at a residence in the 2900 block North Cuther Road. Allison Ducro, 22, was inside the house with her parents, Mitch and Stacy Ducro, when her 22-year-old former boyfriend, James Rail, showed up unexpectedly. Shelby County Prosecutor Tim Sell and Shelby County Sheriff Jim Fry said in a... Oh, wow, I thought I was going to go somewhere else. Um, basically, there's footage from a Ring doorbell camera showed uh, the boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend, approaching the front door of the home as he rang... Like, right after they get home, I think. This Ring camera probably saves saves the the dad. Oh, yeah, it does. Right, because like this, this... Otherwise, it would have been, like, a maybe... Well, yeah, listen Um, to this. uh, Maybe. While at the front door, Rail was advised to leave and was warned the owner was armed with a gun. So you can even hear it in the video. Yeah. Uh, Like, I have a a gun. Like, she doesn't want you here. Leave. And he opened the screen door, shook the front door handle repeatedly, and rammed his shoulder and then forced the door open. As soon as the door was breached, three shots can be heard. Uh, Allison Ducro called 911 and told them a man was trying to break into the family's house just before the shooting was occurred. Uh, soon after the call was initiated, they, you could hear the gunshots over the 911 call. And then the father told them, like the investigators, that he's the one who shot the gun. Uh, basically, they their defense is that he tried to get their daughter and didn't listen. Um, and neighbors were at the scene and he was basically just sitting at the car dying. Um, during the investigation, police discovered that the deadbolt on the solid wooden door, uh, front on the front door of the home was in the locked position and that the casing to the lock side of the door was broken. Yeah. So they shot, he shot through the glass window at the front and the gun used in the shooting was found sitting on the fireplace mantle. Yeah. Uh, an autopsy revealed that Rail was shot once in his left shoulder, once in his right shoulder, and once in his back. Boom. Yeah. Well, are we are we watching this? Or uh, yes, I want to watch it. The grand jury deliberated and determined by an eight to one vote that a felony indictment was should not be issued by this incident. Nice. Okay, ready? Yeah. Please leave. Hey, she's coming back. Nope, 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 I'm calling. James, she doesn't want to talk to you. Just look at him. I mean, he's got to know he's on camera, right? They even have the ring thing in the door. Get off my porch. James, no. What does he think he's going to accomplish here? 
I have a gun. See, then the neighbors come up. All that. And basically, it's just them talking about what happened and the 911 call, you know, all that. Yeah, he was trying to get to our daughter. Yeah. Yeah, that was nuts, dude. But good for, I say good for the dad. I mean, like what what are you going to do? What what are you supposed to do? You this is your home, right? Like this well, is your even the, the even greatest the dispatcher... level of of privacy yeah. is like, hey, he's this person's in. trying to it's not like at first, when I first saw the video, I thought, oh, man, he's screwed. If he fired through the door, because we've had cases like that. That ha there, was a, there was a really famous case out of, like, Dearborn Heights, maybe? Dearborn, Dearborn Heights? Um, of something similar to this. Somebody stopped and asked for direct – was trying to get, like, their car broke down or something. And they got – he got shot through the door. Um, it was trying trying different doors. And I guess I, – I, mean, I had the facts all wrong about this. But anyway, got shot through the door. And the person was charged because it was like, well, they didn't break in. Like, you can't just shoot people on your porch. Yeah. Right? Like, even though I think you should be able to. But that's beside the point. When they're trying to, like, he didn't even shoot when he was trying the door or shouldering the door. He shot when the door got breached. breached. So now he's inside after he he's shot been told through, to leave. He shot through the glass um, after the door was opened. Yes. Yeah, and the fa they ended up having to sell their home and move um, because of it, because of all the stir with the neighbors and everything. So, kind of well, crazy. What the neighbors the, do? Yeah, what what are the what are you supposed one of to them, do? One you, of them you're was supposed to let it. someone come into your. Yeah, home. you're just supposed to let someone break into your home, and and then just be okay with it. Just let like what is the dad supposed to do? Yeah, let let this Protect guy grab daughter. your daughter. Like protect his daughter. What? Do you, yeah, exactly. The guy, the kid ass. clearly didn't listen at all. Like yeah. he called in, had left a voicemail, and said he was coming to see her earlier too. Yeah, and it's I don't know. Just he didn't listen the whole time and was literally told, "I have a gun." Crazy. Come in here. <laughs> she doesn't want to see you. Uh, but whatever. And yeah, actually, the dispatchers told um, them on the phone, yeah, to stay away from the body because he might be armed. Right? Like they don't know. You don't right. know what he's coming there to do, especially if he's trying to break down the door. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. what does he think he's going to accomplish if he's not armed? What does he think is going to happen? It's weird. Your your mind is just what a psycho. Yeah, so. he obviously isn't in his right mind. No. Well, he's definitely not in his any mind anymore. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> All right. Next. Uh, next thing, and I got a couple. I got a couple things, and we'll round it out here. First is a tweet that came out of Clay County, Texas, uh, August 11th. <clears throat> this is in response to the 87,000 new IRS agents getting hired. Did you know, with the combined salary of the 87,000 new IRS agents? $81,456 average annual salary, you could put a police officer at $55,117 average salary in every public school in the nation, 97,568 of them, and still have 31,007 <laughs> police officers or just or 
1.7, 1,709,000. Oh, wait, no, 1 billion, 1 billion, 709 million, 12,819 dollars left over. Now you know they're not interested in safety or security. They're after you. And so this is what's interesting isn't this opinion per se. That's what's crazy. interesting is that a sheriff office tweeted like uh, posted it, right? Like <clears throat> yeah. Normally they're encouraged to stay away from politics or whatever, but the reality is a sheriff's office is a completely different animal than a police department, right? A sheriff's office the sheriff is an elected official. Uh, so they they can be a little bit more outspoken uh, than their counterparts because they're elected to the office they and we we've been a big proponent of there should be no such thing as i i completely think that every law enforcement official whether you whether you're structured in a county sheriff's office structure or you are a department in the police department sense the police chief should be an elected position that way they're not beholden to I'll be right back. I I got to go to the bathroom. Okay. I'm they're sorry. not be they're not beholden to a political uh, office above them that it, and and it doesn't solve every problem by doing that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that that would solve every problem, but it would certainly solve some problems of of a good police chief having to constantly battle politicians. So uh it, it's a it's an interesting thing that they would post <laughs> post this, but it also brings up that point, right? They, the one side of the political spectrum, and this goes back to ideology, right? Uh, we need to we need to protect our kids, and one kid is too many. Yet, why why would we choose to take more money from people through the IRS than to protect kids? It's the whole thing is an inconsistency. So it's uh it's nuts, dude. But yeah, uh Hydraman Blue in the in the chat says, um, I like the elected superior court judges too. Listen, man, I I'm all about electing all the, all all of the judges versus up appointing people. Appointed positions like that are just uh, there's too there's too much politics involved and you're not gonna get away from answering the question, well, how, how do you elect somebody without any bias? You might not, right? There's always ways to corrupt things. That's why I say like electing a police chief like a sheriff doesn't solve every problem, but it's, it's sure solves the problem, uh, of corrupt politicians manipulating the police department through choosing someone from the outside to bring in as a police chief or whatever, if they're, if they're appointed in that sense. Right. So, um, anyway, there's that. Now, while the, uh, while the UPP finishes his UPP, whatever that means, <laughs> oh, he's gone to the bathroom. Uh, I'll, I'll read my last article. NYPD cops ordered not to congregate or converse on city streets, the memo shows. Oh my gosh, dude. Mayor Eric Adams, who is a former cop, is a complete piece of trash. 
The NYPD released a memo ordering cops not to congregate or take part in unnecessary conversation with each other just weeks after Mayor Eric Adams chastised officers on the street for chatting on the job. The order dated Tuesday, uh, and this article came out August 24th, so whatever the previous Tuesday was to that, marks a revision to the patrol guide for officers and supervisors instructing them to ensure cops aren't gathering together. Do not congregate or engage in unnecessary conversation with other members of the service while on post. Absent police necessity, the order states, addressing police officers. <laughs> wow. So, hey, guys, what we need you to do is completely suspend your human nature while you're working. Do not talk with your coworkers. Do not meet up with your coworkers unless it is absolutely necessary for police work. That is the stupidest thing I have ever heard of in my whole life. That's not, that's not true. I've heard of a lot of stupider things. But this is up there. This is really, really dumb. In another section, specifically to patrol supervisors, the order states that bosses should, quote, ensure members of the service do not congregate or engage in unnecessary conversation with other members of the service while on post. Absent police. I just read that. So what's different about that? Come on, New York Post. The order comes in the wake of a video that shows Adams at a Summer Streets bike ride in Manhattan on August 6th. In the footage posted to social media, the mayor points to officers on a corner and tells their supervisors that they should not be congregating together. How about scattering out so we ensure safety and deploy personnel? So let me be clear on something. I don't think that in and of itself is bad, right? Like if you saw like – if you're a police supervisor – and you understand that your role is to go out there and be a presence in the community. You know, if you saw all of your cars all met up in one spot or if you if if none of them are doing their job at an event, then yeah, a supervisor has a role to say, "Hey, come on guys, like let's talk about this later. Let's get out there and do our jobs." If their jobs were not being done, right? If there was things to do that weren't getting done, because they were all congregated together, yeah, I, I I can see the supervisory role of breaking that up and getting them back to focus on their task at hand. But to make then this blanket rule, and this is the problem in, in so many businesses, but in police administration as well, is what it is is they lead passive-aggressively. They don't just deal with people who actually have a problem not getting their job done, right? They don't just evaluate an officer's like numbers in terms of like, okay, how many arrests are, are they performing at a level, uh, a measurable level of how we, we mark good policing and then address people who aren't living up to that. What they do is instead they see one example of a group of people uh, talking and then they make a blanket rule across that and it's 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 what's called passive aggressive leadership and instead of actually dealing with the people who are problematic you you just make a blanket change that negatively impacts everybody and you're basically leading by lowest common denominator and it is and it is a complete indication of 
of a lack of ability to lead. You're not leading anyone. You have a position that you're abusing, but you're not respected. No one respects you as a leader that way. I don't care what you think. I don't care what people tell you in your office or at your briefings, the pats on the back, the the brown nosing, the the people um you know, telling you your shit doesn't stink. Like th- that doesn't matter to me because they're lying to you. You are not well-respected by the men and women that are serving underneath you. You are not. You, you are being looked at. You are being laughed at. You are being mocked. You are being disregarded. They do not respect your leadership because you are not leading. You are abusing a position of authority by leading at the lowest common denominator and punishing people passive-aggressively. And it is ridiculous. And it is pathetic. And it is weak. Um, and this is just an example of that out of uh, Eric Adams. And, I feel like uh, I missed something very important. Yeah. Well, the poli- the police union uh, came, clapped back and said, you, well, you won't have to worry about people congregating because people are leaving. The, the Police Benevolent Association, uh, President Patrick Lynch said, the order is unnecessary. Pretty soon there won't be enough cops left to congregate anywhere in the city because these miserable working conditions and the low pay are forcing them to quit in droves and NYPD along with many others they are seeing record numbers of people leaving early not uh yeah not not anything else like you're going to take away you've already get, you've you've done the bail reform thing which we talked about in the show you, you're making their jobs harder you're making them feel like their jobs are pointless because they're going out there and arresting guys who are sexually assaulting kids and then those same people are just let go back into the streets to go murder their ex-girlfriends they see this happening so they they lack motivation to actually go and enforce the law because the system that drives this whole thing is corrupt to its core and they're undermining the, the beat cops. They're undermining the actual enforcement of the law at the street cop level. And so they lose motivation. And then uh, what little um, camaraderie and ability to connect with other cops while they're working exists, you take that away and you think that that's going to help. And you are wrong, sir. Um, and you are going to pay a price for this ridiculously stupid decision. So... Yeah, you kind of missed it, but the NYPD basically made an order that says cops aren't allowed to congregate or have conversations together unless it's police-related anytime when they're working on a post. What? Yeah, it's it's stupid. You can't be a human. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. So yeah, (laughs) the the order is basically stop being a person. (laughs) Yeah. Stop stop, uh, engaging in one of the most critical things that a human being needs to thrive which is communication with other human beings it's almost like you just need to talk about something other than death um and crime every once in a while yeah it's uh it's crazy man so that's that's the condition that a lot of departments are operating in thankfully you know like and i I told people before if you're committed to staying in law enforcement you need to leave and i i met an i met a new york city cop one time at a he was in the anti, like they have like a counterterrorism unit where they're like stationed outside of um, like key buildings and places around the city. And I met him on the streets of New York, literally walking around. And we've stayed in contact ever since. And he just left and went to a department in Tennessee. Um, he, he It was over uh, the vaccine mandate. And he ended up saying, I'm out. You're not going to tell me what to do. Um, you don't have that control over me. And he went to another department. Um, that was accepting him for, for what his position was. So it's like, you have these options. I know it's tough, but 
uh, I've told people that if you are so committed to the job that you're not ready to leave the job yet, like I was, um, go someplace more rural um, that has a greater chance of a longer lasting appreciation of their law enforcement officers that are being led by sheriffs like this guy in Clay County, Texas, who are not afraid to stand up against stupidity. Yeah. And that's what you got to do. You're not, you're not going to find a home in these um, bastions of leftist ideology. They are trying to dismantle policing as we know it. That is the goal. And I, I will go down in history as being correct. They The agenda is to dismantle policing and to have such a federal foothold on funding for major police departments that they control all the policies and control all the procedures, regardless of the law. That is the plan. That is the agenda, is to federalize the police as much as possible. So you heard it here. If not first, you, you've heard it here consistently. I'm telling you that's what they're trying to do. Anyway. All right. Well, I'm out of article. Much man. better show without Dave. It's so much better. Oh, my gosh. Non-police related like articles. Breathing fresh air. It's yeah. crazy. Dave, you <laughs> suck, man. All right, guys. Well, uh, yeah, we love you. We appreciate you hanging out with us. It was fun in the chat seeing you guys all in here that are members. Uh, so if it's you like want a father-son bonding time podcast. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you want to see these live streams uh, and not just listen to the audio, you can become a member on YouTube. Uh, that's an option for you. You can always do that. It gives you access to the Discord. That's where I got the Batman story too from is uh, someone sent it to me in the Discord. So a uh, great idea, but that story ended up being a flop. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it was educational mm. about civil matters though. Yeah, well, it ended up being a good conversation. In the meantime, don't commit crimes. uh, (laughs) And uh, if you're a cop, don't have any conversations with other cops while you're working. Just dehumanize yourself and go do the job. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Become a robot. Become a robot or work for the IRS. All right, guys. We will see you on the next episode. Or you'll hear from us. might not see us, but you'll hear from us. Okay, bye. Adios. 